You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. I'm Ilana Singer, Chair of the Toronto Centre Securities Advisory Board. Today, we will be discussing an initiative undertaken by the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, also known as ASEC, to help innovative businesses navigate the regulatory framework. Fintech has become one of the biggest buzzwords in the industry over the past several years. There is no doubt that technology has vast potential and can foster creativity and innovation. However, securities regulators and supervisors around the world have been trying to find the delicate balance between encouraging innovation while protecting investors and fostering fair and efficient capital markets. To explore this topic and what ASIC has been doing in this space, I am thrilled to be joined today by Mark Adams, Senior Executive Leader of Strategic Intelligence at the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. Mark leads ASIC's Innovation Hub and RegTech initiatives. He also leads the team responsible for driving ASIC's data science agenda and leads ASIC's Economic and Risk Analysis Unit. Mark has held a range of senior executive positions at ASIC, including being the lead of ASIC's Competition in Equity Markets Project and of the Exchange Market Operators, Regulatory Policy, and International Teams. I personally knew Mark when he was the head of international at ASIC. Prior to joining ASIC, Mark worked in the corporate and superannuation areas of a national law firm. Welcome, Mark. We're so happy to have you here today. Great to be here, Alana. Pleasure to be here. So let me start with this first question that is probably on all of our listeners' minds. Why is it important for regulators and supervisors to help fintech startups? What advantages do they specifically provide to the financial services industry? Thanks, Alana. To just start, maybe I take a step back to just clarify a little bit about ASIC. So we are the financial market and financial services conduct regulator. We're one of the twin peaks in Australia. There is a prudential regulator as well. We have a particular interest in good outcomes for consumers and investors and promoting market integrity. We also care about promoting efficiencies in the real economy for innovative businesses and for efficiencies in our own operations, like licensing and supervision. I give that by way of background because that's partly at the heart of why we care about fintech. What is fintech? When I think about fintech, it's sort of making use of big data, computing power, distributed ledger technology in providing financial services. It's important to assist startup and scale-up fintech service providers because often they lack the resources to think about how the regulatory framework may apply to them, where they have these great ideas about providing better outcomes for consumers and for markets. So we've taken that on board and we think 
it's important for us to reach out and provide informal assistance to fintech startups or scale-up businesses to help them navigate the regulatory framework. This also provides us efficiencies and insights into the developments of the sector, and we can take that into account as we allocate our resources for authorization, supervisory, or educative work. The promise of fintech is perhaps the same as most of financial services, but with these technologies, we believe businesses may be able to provide efficiencies in the provision of services, greater opportunities for financial inclusion in the provision of services, personalization of products and services in a way that we can't really contemplate at the moment that could provide much better outcomes for consumers. And then there's that difficult area of financial advice or guidance. And technology has the promise of being able to cut through data sets as well as your own personal information to provide quality, cost-effective guidance and advice to people as they need to make financial decisions. So there's a range of reasons why we think fintech businesses can supply better outcomes for consumers and markets and why we think it's consistent with our regulatory remit to engage with that sector. Mark, thank you for that. You've described some very tangible benefits that fintechs are bringing to the table and to the industry as a whole. Now, it is my understanding that ASIC was one of the first, if not the first, to create a place within the regulatory framework where fintech startups could get help. What responses have you seen to ASIC's Innovation Hub? Alana, we were one of the first. We weren't the first. I think the Financial Conduct Authority of UK would claim to be the first with Project Innovate. But we were not that far behind in launching our Innovation Hub in March 2015. The Innovation Hub is not about money. It's not about an accelerator or anything like that. It's a virtual hub basically for engagement with the sector and connecting businesses with ASIC senior staff in order to provide informal assistance. We also have an external advisory group that gives us feedback about our nature of our engagement. And we work very closely with our other regulators, including those not in the financial services area. So that's a little bit about the hub, but in terms of creating a place for them and what responses in short, this industry, by and large, wants to work within the regulatory framework. They wish to provide better outcomes from consumers, and therefore they're hungry to engage with us to better understand the framework and what it means for them. So that's a pretty good thing to be able to tap into. So there is normally an appetite for more. Can we be available for more meetings? Can we provide more guidance, more clarity? Can we provide platforms for networks and collaboration? Would you be open to be part of trials of technologies? Can you provide us sandboxes or concept testing areas? So there's a long list of what they're interested in, but generally we get a lot of positive feedback about engagement and providing informal pointers. And what we've found as well is that those entities that then seek licensing applications who have come to us first, by and large get a more efficient process because of that earlier engagement. So that's one of the other tangible benefits of that engagement. 
Mark, it's great to hear that this initiative has been so successful. And as you said, there have been requests for more and more engagement from the fintech community. Now, I'm sure that as much as fintechs are learning from the Innovation Hub, the Innovation Hub is also learning a great deal from the industry. What has ASIC been learning through its engagement with the fintech community? You're right. We learn as well in many different ways. So at one angle, building on my answer previously, is that the sector informs us about the different ways they like to communicate or have us communicate with them. So that is normally multi-channel. So don't think about one mechanism, content on your web page or attending a conference. They want that plus more going to informal involvement, uh, podcasts, webinars, all forms of engagement. So that's a really interesting learning thing we've identified through that engagement. But for ASIC and its business, we've also learned things because these businesses are trying technologies in business models that can either be adaptations or new forms of businesses. And what we think about is what can it do or bring by way of benefits for the consumer, but equally, what risks may the consumer be facing with these technologies? And that's important for us to think about in our regulatory activity. So we can see that these technologies can provide benefits for consumers, comparing documents, comparing products, comparing services, identifying the right product for them, lower costs through efficiencies, just to name a few. But we also identify that there may be risks to these business models in terms of consumers may not be aware about how they operate. What risks are they wearing in a peer-to-peer lending arrangement? What risks may they be wearing in a digital financial advice model? Is it contemplating all your circumstances or only some of the circumstances? And in crypto asset offerings, what, again, are retail customers or consumers learning or being asked to consider in these offers? What do they understand by way of these speculative offerings? They're just some examples. The other one we're clearly learning about is distributed ledger technology more generally, where businesses are trying to make use of this technology for disintermediation of offerings, for back office technologies, for their operational things, or as a means of clearing and settlement with the Australian Securities Exchange, who is currently exploring an application of DLT technology in their businesses. Thank you, Mark. And you've touched on another topic of a TC podcast, which was and has been focused on DLT in the space of the Australian exchange and how, as you mentioned, the clearing and settlement chess infrastructure is being replaced uh, with a new application, you know, using DLT. And so I guess a follow-on question to you is, within the Innovation Hub, do you have technologists who are working within that hub? And so how do you staff it so that you and ASIC feel that you are, you know, well-versed enough in the relevant technological space? It's a very good question. And there's many aspects to the answer to that. We can't claim to have all the expertise. So one of the bases of the Innovation Hub is to engage. So that way we collaborate, cooperate, and learn from each other. 
We also cooperate with our domestic and international regulators on these same topics. So there's a sharing of knowledge that that way. We can also engage consultants if we need to, to assist us. And they do that often freely with their own time as well. So there's this sharing of knowledge. It is clear ASIC, like many other regulators, are having to look at their makeup of staff. And we do have people with strong technological capabilities and people with data science capabilities. And we draw upon them in our engagement with the innovative sector. I might just add something a little bit about how we operate, which may be interesting. I coordinate a small area of three people who are full-time to this on the Innovation Hub. Importantly, though, we have an internal network within all our business teams. So at any point in time, there's about 25 staff that may be being touched upon by engagement on this topic, and they reside in their business areas. So this small team of three are really agents for that larger group, and there's a rotation of that staff. And that's why there's also a sharing of knowledge. And at the higher level, there is a project board or a task force which has senior executive leaders on it and sponsored by a commissioner, John Price. So that brings in buy-in within the organisation as well as assistance from each other dealing with a difficult topic, so knowledge transfer. So they're all ways of grappling with that capability question. I would not suggest we've cracked it, We still have to continue to work at it, but it is something that we have to look at alternative ways of strengthening our knowledge base to engage with these technologies. Thank you, Mark. That was very helpful information that I'm sure our listeners, especially regulators and supervisors, will be very interested in hearing about from a both staffing and expertise perspective within your organization and within uh, their respective organizations. Now I'd like to shift gears a little and look internationally. I understand that the ASIC Innovation Hub has agreements with 13 different jurisdictions. Why is international collaboration and harmonization with other regulators and supervisors around the world so important in this area? Much of fintech businesses are cross-border. The applications can easily transfer or they are designed to apply across borders. So I think that's at the heart of it. We are all dealing with financial innovation and its application. So therefore, it's just natural that jurisdictions really need to work together for knowledge sharing and comparing how we're dealing with issues and approaches and not duplicating what we may do with problems or things like issues that may arise. So it's right. Uh, In this context, we have now entered, I think, 16 fintech cooperation agreements But I should say we're slowing down on that because multilateral arrangements have started to build up, and I'll touch on that. At the heart of these cooperation agreements is knowledge sharing. So I'm regularly on a call every quarter on the phone with some jurisdiction around the world talking about fintech in some way or other. So there's knowledge sharing, both about what are we seeing, how do we approach it, what issues are arising, what do you see as being a a problem for the future or an opportunity for the future. We also have some of these agreements in place so that we can refer businesses to each other. So we can do that on a streamlined basis. And informally, we can meet with delegations from each other's jurisdiction as well. So there's that aspect of it, of which the fintech sector 
is very interested in, in terms of streamlined introductions into other jurisdictions. I think the other component of this, which is in your question, is harmonisation. I'm not so sure I'd be saying it's going to come shortly. That is a difficult thing to harmonise national laws. But I think what can happen is a better understanding of frameworks, approaches, and there can be commonality of principles and approach. And that's what can be done across border. At the multilateral level, which I was just referring to, there is industry standard setting bodies like the International Organization of Securities Commissions, IOSCO, which has a range of fintech related committees looking at all sorts of things like distributed ledger technology, artificial intelligence and ethics, as well as regtech. Then there is a new body called the Global Financial Innovation Network. It's chaired by the FCA in UK at the moment. It's just had its annual meeting in London at the beginning of May. There are about 35 jurisdictions who have joined up to that across all sorts of financial sectors. And there are a lot of observers as well who have joined up. Its ambitions is not only information sharing, so that can be between a securities regulator and an insurance regulator, but also to look at opportunities for cross-border trials of technology, both by fintech businesses, where they may want to trial payments applications in relation to consumers, or in regtech, where it may be that a few regulators wish to be part of a cross-border trial in the regtech area. So there's a range of reasons why I think both domestic and international cooperation and collaboration is really important given the cross-border nature of fintech and regtech activities. Mark, you mentioned earlier regtech, and I understand that that's also one of the areas of your remit at ASIC. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. Regtech, what is it? Essentially, it's the same technologies or applications of it being used for a different purpose, risk management and compliance. And it's really important for regulators to try to promote better outcomes through these applications. Again, regulators may have different mandates that determine how they approach this, but we're leaning in a little. And an example of that is we're planning to host events. They're not tech sprints like the Financial Conduct Authority in UK, but we do plan to make available some data sets and to encourage service providers to deal with a problem such as financial advice conduct of business or financial promotions and advertising in order to demonstrate the potential of these technologies to assist firms in their compliance activities. And we think this is a good way of producing better outcomes for consumers. So that's a question, I think, for a lot of regulators to engage in trying to promote the reg tech environment. I think a related question is the use of those same technologies for their own purposes, for supervisory tech. And we are also conducting our own trials in natural language processing, forms of text and voice analytics, and creating automated threat harm business models to look over data sets. They're just examples. There's many regulators far and ahead of us in some of these things. So these technologies, I think, are really important for producing better risk management and compliance, as well as more effective and efficient supervision by regulators. Thank you, Mark. That's very interesting and really demonstrates the importance of information sharing 
and being able to collaborate with other like-minded jurisdictions. Since the Innovation Hub was launched, many regulators and supervisors around the world have launched similar initiatives to themselves assist fintechs. And as you noted, you were at ASIC, not necessarily the first, but certainly one of the first. So to wrap up our discussion, in your view, is it possible for regulators and supervisors to promote financial innovation while also protecting investors and fostering fair and efficient capital markets? The short answer is yes. It is a balancing act, though, and it will come down to the mandate of each regulator and the environment within which they work. We, as I said at the beginning, see great opportunities potentially of the applications of these technologies to produce better outcomes for consumers and market integrity. So why wouldn't regulators want to be engaged in that development and that opportunity? But at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, there could be risks associated with some of these business models. And therefore, we need to maintain in that engagement model independence of the ability for supervisory decision-making and perhaps enforcement if we see it. So it's not necessarily an endorsement of these innovative business models. We have to, on a risk-based approach, determine our supervisory and enforcement response to any issues that emerge. And I think the community in the fintech sector understand that, that there's this combination of engaging and providing pointers and assistance whilst not endorsing actually business models, and that it's important that regulators maintain their ability to intervene in order to maintain trust and confidence in the financial system of which the fintech community really relies upon. So that's my short answer for sort of saying it is a balancing act. I think each regulator will find their own footprint depending on their mandate, but I think it can be done. Mark, thank you so much for this very interesting discussion. I wish we had more time to discuss, but even in the short time that we have spent together, I'm taking away three things. First, ASIC's Innovation Hub has been very successful, in part because of its openness to new ideas and to innovation. And in addition, the fact that consultation and outreach to stakeholders has been top of mind. Second, with respect to knowledge sharing and information sharing domestically and internationally, that is clearly an important piece of the puzzle. And finally, you mentioned that for regulators and supervisors domestically and around the world, it will always be a balancing act in terms of looking at innovation, trying to both foster innovation and also ensure that investors continue to be protected and there continues to be market integrity. I think that regulators and supervisors and all the other listeners of this podcast will have really benefited from all of that discussion and your answers to all of the questions today. So we'd really like to thank you sincerely for taking time out of your busy schedule to provide us with your valuable insights, Mark. Thank you. You're welcome.